kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> Yo, Branson. What, what? What is it? Grab an oar. Let's go. An oar? Yeah. I got, right, John, take what this. do we need an oar for? Is this some weird no, no. initiation it's, ceremony thing? I've got an idea. What's your idea? Because I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was flipping through your comic books. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw your Silver Surfer number one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was eating a grape jelly sandwich. I got some on the pages. Uh, but, but anyway, I... Uh, I thought that was Galactus. <laughs> I thought uh, I discovered secret artwork. No, no. Uh, but I got this idea of cosmic surfing. John, John it's a comic book. Cosmic no, no, surfing isn't a real right thing. Here. Okay, the airlock. Just follow me, okay? No, no, John, this is a bad idea. Okay, Glicks, open the airlock. No, no, stop. Ah, ah John, no. Man, that's not pretty. Did John just go out the airlock? He's astro surfing. Hey, at least it's not a taco machine, right? I mean, that's fair. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? movie lovers and movie haters and welcome to the bottom shelf the podcast where every movie has a place i am dallas and we're so glad to have you guys here for yet another fun-filled episode that is part of the geek devotions podcast network the network of, de- of devoted geeks who are devoted to letting people know that they're loved and uh ladies and gentlemen i am excited to be at the mic with my friends as we go dumpster diving once again into the cosmic dumpster of bad movies guys are you ready for today as ready as we'll ever be. John, are you ready to go? Uh, depends what's on the docket. Uh, well, let me dig into the thing here. And, uh, oh, gentlemen, are we in for a treat? I have just pulled out a movie from my childhood. Surf oh. Ninjas. Bro, you pulled out a movie from my childhood. It's almost like we grew up in the same time period, John. Yeah. More so me than you. But. It's totally from our childhood. Like, who would have never heard of that movie? Oh, before? totally, dude. I see I see. Uh, William Shatner's school of acting has paid off for you, Branson, and dividends. Hey, you know, 1999, four easy payments, and I can play the next Captain Kirk. I'm there. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Let me let me let me help you out, Branson. First off, this okay. is from 1993, the height of the 90s ninja craze. I remember that time period. I do. This, this was a magical time frame where we thought ninjas were just going to jump out of trees and attack every one of us, and we had to be ready. I need oh. to correct you on that, Dallas. Yeah, uh, that ninja craze actually started in the 80s. It just was making it to the kids movies by the time the 90s. But you got the, the, that goes back to like an American Ninja back in 1985. <laughs> All the Chuck Norris movies that were huge back then. Oh, sidekicks. Yes. Sidekicks. I remember Sidekicks. That, yes. was, that was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. There's a fun connection with Sidekicks for you, by the way, in this movie. Oh, all right. All right. Well, this stars Ernie Reyes Sr. Reyes. 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 Sr. Uh, and Ernie Ray's Jr., which I love a father-son duo. Uh, yes. You have, uh, you can do it, Rob Schneider, uh, <laughs> playing in this. Schneiderino. <laughs> we have graphic artist Nicholas Cohen in this movie. Uh, and uh, John Carlin, Oliver Mills, uh, several other individuals. But one person that you guys will probably know uh, quite well is a a uh what's the word i'm looking for um a comedic genius uh for some people and that is mr leslie neil nelson bro i'm gonna take that one step further okay. he is a sci-fi legend a sci-fi legend leslie he, nielsen yes sci-fi I, legend i'm gonna drop a movie title on you that he played the lead that you won't realize he was in Okay. The Forbidden Planet. Really? He was in The Forbidden Planet? Yeah, he was the lead char- he was the lead actor in The Forbidden Planet. I got to look this up. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. IMDb, come to me. Forbidden Planet. He had color in his hair when that movie was made. <laughs> the color in his hair. <laughs> Holy crap, he's there. Commander Adams. Mhm. What the heck? This is a true story. I didn't here's, know he was ever young. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's the thing. Before 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 he got before he started before he did airplane, he was a serious actor. Like he did like westerns and all kinds of stuff. And then wow. airplane hit big and he was so good in airplane that that was his niche. Uh, he, uh, then he did airplane two. He, then he went to the, he did, uh, um, police squad. Gun. No police squad came first. That was a TV oh, show. Okay. Uh, that was the TV show that the naked gun movies was based off of. Mm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So um, he's been around the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. Now the film, our film we're talking about today that I'm excited about <laughs> was directed by Neil Israel, uh, who was not the first pick for this movie. There was somebody else who was going who was picked, and it was originally he was going to be a much it was going to be a much more serious film, kind of an Indiana Jones type of thing, but with surfing. And um, but he left. Fun fact I heard the other day: um, he left the country. Uh, not him. I dang, uh, yeah, the the original guy left the country. Because he was working on a film they discovered was actually a money laundering opportunity for the mafia. And so he just left the country for several years, joined the Israeli <laughs> army, made the rank of commander, and then came back and made more movies. So <laughs> I guess that's one way to dodge a racket. <laughs> that was the original guy. 
We made him an offer he couldn't refuse. He went to go <laughs> sleep with the fishes. So this guy, uh, Neil Israel, he's done several uh, comedy stuff over the years. And then you had Dan Gordon, who who wrote it. And uh, he's done a lot of stuff over the years, too, including uh, he worked on the writing for Rambo Last Blood um, and several things over the years. So that's that's who's who's involved with the film itself. Um, I'm excited, guys. Let me read the box for you. Let me let me just read the box for you guys. All right. It is Surf Ninjas. Surf's up. It's and so it's a tidal wave of hilarious head spinning martial arts action and laughs in this outrageous fantasy adventure starring Ernie Reyes Jr., Change Meat Ninja Turtles, Leslie Nielsen, Naked Gun, Rob Schneider, The Animal and Big Daddy, and Tone Lock. Blank Tone check. Tone Lock. Sorry. Blank check. I forgot he was in blank check. Holy crap. All right. Uh, life is a beach. <laughs> Life is a is a beach for laid back California surfer teens, uh, Johnny Ray, Johnny and Adam, until the two brothers discover they're actually long last princes of South Sea Island paradise. Unfortunately, between the boys and their destiny stands the island's demented tyrant, Colonel Chi, half man, half machine, all bad. Cop. <laughs> <laughs> With the help of the same oddball allies, the same very cool ancient magic, the two brothers are transformed uh, from mere surfies into way awesome ninja super dudes. Join Hero's comical quest for freedom, justice, and some primo wave shredding action, Surf Ninjas. Gonna catch some gnar, brody. (laughs) Tubular. Okay, so when you're reading the back of this box and the, when you said the, they discover that they are two princes, I'm like, holy crap, was this movie what the song Two Princes by the Spin Doctors was based off of? <laughs> Head cannon. Oh, my gosh. All right, Bryson, through the magic of podcasting and the power of our AI glicks. Yes. We have some community thoughts on this film. Can you pull All it up right. on, uh, from Glicks and see what the what they are? All right, Glicks, load the community thoughts. Let's see what we've got here. <clears throat> yes. Surf Ninjas is so good. That's a positive one. I love this movie. It is a nostalgic movie from childhood. Funny, silly, and Leslie Nielsen. Fair. All right, let's see. This is what your mom and dad brought back from Blockbuster when they were out of Ninja Turtles and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that informs me on some things. <laughs> Love Surf Ninjas. I have a Rob Schneider signed DVD of Surf Ninjas. It's really nice. hard to describe. It's definitely the dumbest, silliest ninja movie you'll ever see, but that's what makes it so awesome. You know, I respect that. I, I I have seen movies where what makes it good is that it's so terrible. So I, oh, yeah, I understand totally. that. A lot of the movies we've done here are that way. Yeah. But the next commenter disagrees. This person says, absolute crap, dumpster fire all the way. Was that Kevin? Yeah. I think it was, actually. 
the fact you can, you can feel the Irish coming off that comment. <laughs> like literally, literally, you said that. Literally, you said that, and I could hear his voice saying it while you're reading it. It's like I can I can see Branson reading this, but it's it's suddenly he's Kevin. I just <laughs> absolute crap, dumpster fire all the way. <laughs> The fact that you just did that in a Scottish accent is going to really tick him off. I can't help it. Every time I try to do Irish, it comes out Scottish. Maybe I've got Scottish at least somewhere away. All right. Now, Branson. Yes. When you read this next one, I need you to picture a very fun-loving, gentle, kind, yet scary Asian when you read this one. Oh, is this Smink's comment? This is Smink's comment. Oh, boy. Okay. You got to bring the all reverence. For those of you not in those, Smeek is a very dear friend of Branson and I's, who oh, yeah. we love Smeek's and great. we care for. He is the kindest person, but we're scared of him. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like we ever, we, we used to joke that if we were ever in a room and Smeek, for whatever reason, had his inhibitions moved, he would vanish into the shadows and then we would all die one by one <laughs> and we would never find him. I he want to meet be this there. guy. You should. Oh, you'd love him. He's great. He's absolutely wonderful. All right. Smeekage. Classic movie that I will probably love until the day I die. Asian fairy tale story that essentially included one of my favorite actors as the comical villain, introducing the concept of a game influencing reality in a different way than The Last Starfighter. And it contains some funky, fantastical stunt fighting from the people who did the stunts in Ninja Turtles movies. It includes a made up Asian country that is a Southeast Asian Zamunda. May try to rewatch again now that you mention it. Wow. Mr. Sangsura, you set a very high bar. <laughs> All right. Next comment says Moto Surf. You got it. You got it. Come on. Feel it, man. Feel it. Feel it. Moto Surf. Moto Surf. There it is. Ah, okay. I got you. I got you. Sorry. I've, I've not seen this one before. Watching it as an adult, I was surprised by how little happens. I remember it being markedly more eventful, but it's all style, no substance. So it's a candy movie. Okay. Um, the greatest movie of all time, but I may be biased. This is from one of the actors. We had one of the actors comment on our show. Yes. Wow. When you, Cohen. When you post this, when you post this, make sure you tag him with it. When you, when we do post this episode, <laughs> I will Please. definitely do that. I want his response. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! So no, all right, no. well, those... who, who was it that commented? Nicholas Cohen. He so, played Adam. He plays Adam. Okay, okay, awesome. Yep. All right, Mister Haru, yes, bring sir. us into the trivia. All right. So this movie was shot in five weeks. Wow! Oh, dang. Yeah. And if you think that's amazing, that's not even the thing that tripped me out the most when I was doing my research on this. So, despite the fact that he played a teenager in this movie. Rob Schneider was 30 years old at the time of filming. Are you for real? Yes. No way. Yes. <laughs> He's that he, old? That's, yes. <laughs> Does he age? Is he a vampire? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought he had me beat by like maybe 10 years. I thought he was maybe 10 years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> so here's oh something else, God. too. Okay. Prince is having an existential crisis over here, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> Uh, er, wow er, ernie reina ernie reyes senior jr and senior are both filipino right 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Rob Snyder is actually part Filipino, the same ethnicity. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. actually holds a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. Oh, that's not surprising. Uh, this this one was interesting, though, too, um, though he is known for like doing comedies like uh, the Naked Gun movies and uh, Airplane. Leslie Nielsen was actually said to be surprisingly intimidating during filming. Um, according to Ernie Reyes Jr., uh, he remained in character off camera in an attempt to scare everybody. <laughs> oh, my God, that's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> OK, um, sure. So the Sega Game Gear plays a big part in this movie uh, because Sega financed part of the production. So we'll have lots of Game Gear scenes in this movie. Most of their uh, finances went to the batteries to power the Game Gear during the no production. No kidding, work. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, after, after the diner's destroyed in this movie, uh, there are two surfer dudes who walk up and ask if they're open. Uh, they also worked on this movie as, uh, script doctors for this film. Um, one of them is Mitchell Hurwitz and you might recognize that name because he is also the creator of the TV show Arrested Development. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, the Asian, the Southeast Asian country that is featured in this is a country is a fictional country called, uh, Padusan. Uh, and the language that's spoken in it, because it is a fictional country, is actually a mix of several different a- a- Asian languages, such as Filipino, Vietnamese, and Thai. Oh, okay. I respect that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to throw out here. Nope, there's one more. I just remembered. Got to find it. Uh, both Kelly Hu and Ernie Reyes Jr. have appeared in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. Uh, Hu uh, was Karai in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon series from 1987 on Nickelodeon. And then, of course, we all know Reyes was Kino in Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. But he, yes. also, uh, he also was the stunt person for Donatello in the first ninja turtles he did not actually voice the character right very cool i want to add one more little thing to it um uh ernie uh, reyes jr he played in a tv series called sidekicks not Mm -hmm. to be confused with the movie from with chuck norris um but in that same movie in that series he really played a kid who was from potasan oh cool Mm. so it's kind of a return to that I didn't yeah. say that. I didn't say that one because you had made a reference to a sidekicks connection earlier. I was letting you pull that. One. Oh, cool. I appreciate that, sir. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're about to jump into things. Um, expectations around the table. Uh, Mr. Boykin. Um, as I've alluded to before, I've never actually seen this. I remember when it came out, I remember it being advertised. Um, uh, I remember there being a lot of movies that were about martial art ninja kids. Uh, I kind of fell more into, I ended up seeing a lot of the three ninjas movies. Uh, so I never really got around to seeing this one, but I expect it'll be something kind of similar. A lot of uh, comedy mixed with 
you know, like one or two people who actually know the martial arts and everyone else is just really good at posing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of thing. Probably not a lot of plot, but just, just, you know, pure fun. Just, just something to, to give something for the kids to laugh at. I respect that. All right. Mr. How are you? Unlike Branson, I have seen this movie once before. Um, I saw it. I rented it on VHS. Nice. Um, the I don't remember it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I get this movie confused with Three Ninjas a lot, so it's hard for me <laughs> to keep them straight. To be, I remember enjoying both of them, but I don't i can't tell you anything specific about this movie so mm-hmm. i'm walking into it with an expectation of i i'm walking into it with a little tinge of nostalgia but not a whole lot but i i i'm hoping i'll enjoy it That's on fair. some level right all right so as you guys could tell from my excitement i'm excited about this film um this is one of my uh, guilty pleasure type of movies. Uh, Demera and I, Demera's my sister, uh, we watched this movie often. We rented it from the local video store several times. Um, I have fond movies, our memories of laughing, watching it. Uh, there's a song that is sung multiple times. Uh, Demera and I would sing that song often. Um, we just enjoyed this movie a lot. In fact, um, years ago, when I worked for Hollywood video and they were starting to come to a close, uh, I bought the DVD copy of it off the, off the shelf just to give to my sister because she and I love this movie so much. So, uh, it was actually a gift for my sister. So I'm looking forward to watching this, enjoying the nostalgic feelings of it and, and having some fun today. Can, can I just say that of all the things that you always talk about that you and Demera used to watch when you were kids, mm-hmm. I have a feeling if you and me hung out back when we were kids, we the three of us would have been like besties. Like, oh, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt. Just the conversations I've had with you over the over the last <laughs> like basically two years, like we there's a lot of things you don't have had in common. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to ju- go into the the viewing chamber and. Uh, We'll see how this goes on the back end. All right. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. All right. Branson, Branson. God, is it over? Branson, you're sorry. drooling over the upholstery. All right. Uh, sorry. Okay. Can I just say that I miss Ernie Reyes Jr.? Right? Why can't he be in more movies? He Ernie, so Reyes, Ernie Reyes Jr., if you're out there listening to this, if if your fictional brother points you towards this podcast, can you please be in more movies the world needs you now more than ever <laughs> ernie's been in a few things um he's been in he was uncharted the live action fan film the fan film all <laughs> the right fan film. <laughs> <laughs> which some would say was better than the the actual one well that's not hard to do 
right? He was in a movie uh, I remember people talking about. It was called Fury of the Fist and the Golden Fleece. I have not watched it. Um, I've heard people talk about that before. Um, um, now that I'm looking at it, that's not a movie I'd probably watch. Uh, <laughs> um, he was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was in The Librarians. Oh, okay. uh, actually, he played the Monkey King, so that's kind of lit. He was in the Monkey uh, King? No, he played the Monkey King in The Librarians. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> got me excited for a moment. I know, right? So he was in a lot of things. He's been in a few things here and there, but I think you're right. I, he needs to come back. Like, the dude's talented, without a doubt. He, he needs was, a comeback about- in the same way Robert Downey Jr. made a comeback. Like, the world needs him now. He, actually, yeah. you know what? He should have been in the in that one Marvel movie, Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, that, um, Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi? Yes, Shang-Chi? that would have been amazing. That I can see would that. Been cool. Yes. Yes. That wow. With with no disrespect to the guy who did play Shang-Chi, Ernie Reyes Jr. would make a perfect Shang-Chi. Or can you imagine if he was in one of the one of the next Expendables movies? <laughs> oh that would be lit. my gosh. Ernie Reyes, again, if you're listening to this, please. Yes. yes. I need this in my life. <laughs> Either make a cameo in Expendables 5 or be in Expendables 6. Now I do know that happen. I'm looking. I'm not sure what movie this is, but I'm looking at the pictures of him in IMDb, Uh-oh. and there is a place Uh-oh. where where he is thoroughly uh, sticking his foot in the face of the rock, like he has just knocked him out. I'm 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 just gonna put this out there. Um, and this one this one's for uh, the captain. Um, that that's uh, our dear friend of the podcast, Francisco the most recent thing he's been in that I've seen was Indiana Jones in the kingdom of the crystal skull. Oh, no. Who was he in kingdom of the crystal skull? He was a cemetery warrior. Oh my gosh. Wow. He was in rush hour too. Was he? Who, who was he mm-hmm. in rush hour too? A character named Zing. I like oh how this gosh. whole podcast is just us talking. He was in the last dragon. We we're just sitting here fanning out <laughs> the last dragon, dude. I love that movie so much. <laughs> the last dragon is one of my favorite movies of all time. So next on the bottom shelf, we'll be reviewing the last dragon. I hope it doesn't qualify for the bottom shelf because it's so good. <laughs> it's a six point out IMDb, so it doesn't qualify. What's the Metacritic, though? Oh, my goodness. Let me look it up. You are listening to the Ernie Reyes Jr. fan cast. <laughs> Legitimately, though, he was my favorite part of Ninja Turtles 2. He was my favorite part of pretty much every movie he's been on. Yeah. Like, even back in Red Sonia, he was one of the best things in that movie. Oh, yeah? Uh, by the way, Last Dragon is a 58 on Metacritic. Uh, that It still could qualify. True story. That is... <laughs> Who's the master? Show enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're in a portion where we're talking about the spoiler free thoughts that we're having on the film. And, and so far, <laughs> spoiler free thoughts are Ernie Reyes Jr. is a legend. Yes. And everybody should love him. Also, the reason this is spoiler free is because we're not actually talking about the movie at all. <laughs> You shush. <laughs> We're talking about all the other movies that Ernie Ray Studios been in. <laughs> I will the, say this. 
talking about the film, I enjoyed the the choreography in this film. Uh, the the fight scenes. I thought they were fun. Um, I, I would agree with you on that, except I feel like a lot of the choreography kind of kind of borrowed from Jackie Chan fight scenes. Yeah, I could see that. I think there, that's a stylistic choice. I think like, that's a a style. Like there, and, and this this is a a, a skosh in the in the spoiler territory. But I need to explain myself. There's a scene where a pair of chopsticks are used in a fight. <laughs> and they go up a bad guy's nose and i swear i've seen that in a jack like that specific maneuver in a jackie chan movie Maybe. it's not a bad pull if you're gonna i mean if you're gonna borrow from a from a kung fu movie jackie chan's not a bad place to borrow from it's like borrowing from a bruce lee movie right 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 I, i'm I now liked... looking up movies that have chopstick scenes in it <laughs> <laughs> it's just, gonna be one of those episodes where we're just in, immediately sidetracked by kung fu panda um, <laughs> the karate kid <laughs> kill bill yeah. 2 uh, i think you may be talking about kill bill 2 what about kill bill 2 there's a scene with that like mm. that i don't know the but even still i think that's a stylistic choice of doing things but across the board, like it's a fun movie to watch. Like yeah. the fight yeah. scenes were, were fun. They were exciting. There wasn't like the shit. I, I can kind of bored, not bored. What's more like I'm getting, uh, it's getting old for me. The, the shaky cam fight scenes. Oh yeah. Um, and this was also, this was a family movie. That's another thing. This is a family film, uh, right. that's meant to be like watch as a family to have fun, everything like that. Like this got me wanting to do uh, Taekwondo when I was a kid. And so I did Taekwondo film uh, partially because of this movie. And so, um, and, and I, I think that's one of the best as- attributes of this film is it draws the stuff out of you. Like you walk out, you're like, I want to do some Kung Fu. I want to fight. I, I would agree with you. I think I would agree with you more if I had seen this as a kid. Um, like I said, this is the first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up watching Three Ninjas seeing this now it felt very much like a well they're just copying three ninjas but i also recognize that as a younger if i had grown up seeing this movie and not three ninjas and then i saw three ninjas as an adult mm-hmm. i would probably think three ninjas is just trying to copy surf ninjas so i recognize the I, I don't necessarily feel the same way you do about it but i also recognize that that's probably because i'm coming back and watching this as an adult Hey, Branson. Instead of seeing it as a kid, like most everyone else did. Branson, yes. I will yes. I will say, as someone who watched both Three Ninjas and this movie, they both kind of pull a little bit from the Karate Kid franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely feel that. And then you start to, if you take a, a step back further to take in the full scope of that time period, you had the Karate Kid, you had surf ninjas you had the tmn the live action tmnt movies mm-hmm. you had the three ninja movies you had sidekicks uh-huh it's not that one borrows from the other or one rips off the other it was a genre that was happening at the time it was yeah it was the kids will overcome through the power of martial arts it was a yeah. it was a common theme that happened during the during the 90s um so where I can respect your perspective, given your influences, I got to say that, you know, it, it, 
really wasn't so much that as it was it just it was a thing that all these movies were doing at the yeah, time it was just yeah. popular back then i mean exactly to, to take it yeah. back to to take it back to the ernie reyes jr uh fanboying a little bit i mean that's literally how the reason why he had a career during that time frame was because of all those movies during that era that right. were just capitalizing on the kids and kung fu thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i did think that uh which i don't know this might be spoilery but just talking about the uh the colonel mm-hmm. his like robotic <laughs> preferable but no uh uh his like a whole robotic look oh leslie I, nielsen okay yeah leslie nielsen's colonel i was getting kind of uh just a little bit of bison vibes yeah like, yeah did y'all yeah get that yeah i can see that well here, here's the thing and I have, I literally have this in my notes. Uh, this movie basically does the same thing that uh, Street Fighter did, except good. In the year beforehand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, to your credit, Branson, Three Ninjas came out in 92. This came out in 93. Street Fighter came out in 94. Oh, okay. So this was kind of in the middle of that train. Mm-hmm. but no, i understand what john's saying though is it's not that it necessarily stole anything just that was that was a popular genre it's like mm-hmm. superhero movies in the uh you know the past what 10 15 years yep mm-hmm. superhero movies have everyone wants to do a superhero movie because that's what's been popular so i i get that i understand that that was a popular movie genre of the time yeah. and i think and, that would be the the greatest analogy you could make is this was the marvel I, this was the superhero genre of the day. Right. Or the zombie right. movies of the early 2000s. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand that. And like I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm dogging on the movie at all. I, I, I'm recognizing that my lack of enthusiasm is probably simply because I just never watched it as a kid. That's right. So it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to differentiate this from other movies I did watch as a kid. Mm. Uh, so there's not a, a nostalgic I can level that. for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, not even, not even. A, it doesn't necessarily have to even have to be a nostalgic thing. It's just if if you can't separate it, if it doesn't stand out as being unique to you, then it, it, it's hard to be enthusiastic about something that just seems a little bit paint by numbers. Yeah, I did find Rob Schneider's character very entertaining, though. Like I couldn't help Yo. myself. Every time he did stuff, I, I like. Ernie Reyes Jr.'s character would do stuff that was supposed to be funny. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the part where I'm supposed to laugh. But then Rob Schneider would do something and I would like laugh out loud. I'm like, oh you my know, gosh, that guy's so funny. <laughs> I have seen many Rob Schneider movies in my time. Mm-hmm. And he is very hit and miss with me. And and in most cases, miss. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't find him to be super funny and that's not a dog on him. And as, as an actor, it's just his brand of funny is not my thing. Uh, I, you know, if, uh, like bench warmers was probably my favorite thing that I can remember him being in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in watching this movie though, like he was comedy gold for this movie for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, was. It's it just something about, but it, and I'll I'll take that one step further. It, not just him, but all the comedy in this movie, for whatever reason, it just hit me right every single mm-hmm. time. I was laughing my head off watching this movie, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it, yeah, 
I I'm, was laughing I, pretty good. I'm I'm with you. Like the comedy hit me across the board all the way through the entire film. Also, and I'm wondering if it was a maybe the type of upbringing that John Hive versus had versus what you had, Branson, with the, your household, the way that you guys saw comedy. Um, my uh, this just hit special for me, and it, maybe it's just that, that the whole era. Like when I finished this movie, I wanted to go and watch Encino Man and Suburban <laughs> Commando. And like those kind of films, um, like they just, they, that, that was what's in my context right now with this film. Yeah. yeah. Well, do we want to go ahead and venture off into our spoil filled thoughts on the film? That, that would probably be safe. Like I've got a lot yeah. of uns, unspoiler, unspoilery stuff, but I have a right. feeling like as we chat about it, it's going to dip into spoilers. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, That's ladies and gentlemen to the spoiler section. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the spoiler section, so that means everything we say from this point forward will be spoiling the film. If you have not seen it, it is like $10 on Amazon, or there's a like a 340p version on YouTube that you can hear if you have complete silence in your city. And so... Uh, <laughs> uh, I will also say this movie's. 30 years old if you haven't seen it by now i don't care if i spoil it for you <laughs> that's fair that's, that's fair. fair that's, that's fair. fair all right guys okay. let's jump into it let's talk about our spoil filled uh scenes that we have rob schneider as the paraplegic irish uncle <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> oh my gosh yo boys get in here i gotta hit you with a leg that doesn't I'm, work i'm 38 years old <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. I absolutely lost it because it was like it caught me so off guard. I didn't, I didn't even know he was going to be in this scene. <laughs> I was like, "Your kids better get in there before I hit you with me." I'm like, "Just oh my god!" What's <sighs> bad? As a kid, like again, I was like real young when I watched this originally. It didn't even register to me that was Rob Snyder. <laughs> and like, uh, and I might have realized at some point, but when it came out, it caught me. I died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The fact that I didn't remember hardly anything from this movie, like I remembered moto surfing, and that right? was it. Yeah. I didn't even remember that Leslie Leslie Nielsen was in this movie. To be perfectly honest with you, we had a community comment uh, from our friends over at Beneath the Tangles, and uh, it was probably Tweak who who commented. And he goes, Leslie Nelson's in this? Like, he'd forgotten that also. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but I had forgotten that he was in this movie. Uh, but the, I think the fact that I didn't really remember anything specific about this movie is what made this movie so good. All, like, mm -hmm. all, I, all I remembered was my general feelings of the movie when I saw it at mm -hmm. the time. And going back into it now, it's just like, oh, this is... This is taking me back to a time... <laughs> this movie took me back to a time when not every movie needed to try to be some kind of life-changing cinematic yeah. event. Yes. Like you mm -hmm. could have a dumb movie for a dumb movie's sake. Yeah. And, and, and you could still do it well. Like, mm -hmm. like you could, you know, you could have a script that could be absolutely ridiculous and be a complete fairy tale or a farce, mm -hmm. but the humor in it and the heart behind it, it was so good. It didn't yeah. matter. And I'm like, yes, 
I saw give it. the Lord a hand clap. <laughs> Somebody stand up and testify. This is what the world needs now. I saw I a conversation the other day about the fact that we we've lost something with family films. Uh, a lot of family films know that they're big budget. They're trying to make a big point and they may be comedies, but like there's, they're just so serious. We've lost the telling our original stories just to be silly and have fun and not be just grotesque and foul at the same time. We've right. lost that in this movie. It's it the Shrek in effect. That, huh? It's the Shrek effect. Oh yeah. The Shrek effect. Please, please explain. I think I understand where you're going with that, but, but please elaborate. Okay. So the Shrek effect caused a divergence in family films. Uh, you either had the movie that was geared towards kids, but was so loaded with double entendre that it was really geared towards adult with kid themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you, or it changed the family film to be so kid oriented that nobody else in the family is going to enjoy themselves except for mm-hmm. the kids. Oh, and Shrek was the one that caused that split. That split. Yeah. You know, as I, I sit here and reflect on that, I I, I can see that. Definitely. I, I I Shrek is it's it's a humorous movie. I personally, and I've said this since it came out, I have issues with it because it was marketed so heavily towards children, but there were so many entendres in there. It was probably the first film where I really saw how how much they threw in there that I was off put by it. Yeah. And it, there is a there's a sweetness to this this type of film of Surf Ninjas other ones that's just it's refreshing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I I enjoyed the gag where Rob Schneider throughout the entire movie was convinced that he was actually the prince and that the boys were his stand-ins <laughs> and then they start talking about the different powers and abilities they have and he says right. every time I say what if something happens it happens. it happens. What what if what if I take my powers away? Oh no, I just took my powers away. I just got him. And then I get <laughs> then I ruined it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I you know, I, I John, like you, I'm one of those guys, Rob Schneider's a hit or a miss. Some of the stuff he's hilarious, some of the stuff I'm like, okay, whatever. It's it's Rob Schneider. But but for this one, I was he made this movie entertaining for me. Can mm-hmm. I uh Real quick, I'm going to cut you off here, Branson. I want to Go make ahead. a I want to make a prediction now before we get too far into the podcast. Okay, but I predict that this movie, Branson, is going to be like a certain other movie that we've done. That the longer we talk about it, the more you're going to enjoy this movie. <laughs> That's happened. What movie? What movie are you talking about, John? I don't remember. But there, recently we did a thing on a movie where Branson came in a little bit cold on it. But the more we started talking about it, it changed his uh, it changed his, his rating by yeah. the end of the. Yeah, I give you I that. remember that happening. I don't remember. Yep. Was it was it one of the shark movies? I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, so speaking of Rob Schneider, though, the bit when he's in the jungle and he's talking about the knives and not having the blind knives. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> and then he goes, and he goes, will anybody shut this chattering monkey up? He goes, well, I'd cut him. I don't got a knife. <laughs> Tone Loke hit that with the the appropriate oh. rhythm of how that joke was supposed to go. He's so funny. And I think people forget how much he did back in the day. Oh, like he was he was in Bebe's kids. I lit- love that's one of my favorite movies as a child was Bebe's kids. And he was in that. And hearing him his voice, like seeing his face and then picturing him as the baby in Bebe's kid. It's just, it's hysterical to me. 
it's literally in my notes and I can't find it now, but I, I, it's, I wrote it somewhere in my notes. I'm like, was Tone Loke in every single comedy in the early nineties? I think so. Cause he I was, think in, he was this, in everything. He was in Ace Ventura. You know, he, <laughs> he always played a cop too. He always, he always played just a, a worn out cop all the time. Right. Why don't we see Tone Loke anywhere anymore? Did he, did him and Ernie Reyes Jr. just be like, yo, the nineties are over and I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a take a break. Uh, I'll say this. Um, I, I just did a quick Google search. The last thing he was did was in 2022 and he played a character in the proud family, the TV series. Mm. And before that was 2014 in a movie wow. called not cool. And he was technically uncredited. So now I, now I got funky Cole Medina going through my head. <laughs> I've had wild thing in my head since I watched the movie. <laughs> And and like and legit Wild like thing. that song has a special place in my heart because my dad had a, a mixtape of different things. So when I go to my dad's house, a lot of the music my dad was listening to was in this movie, Yo. including the Wild Thing. And so okay. it, it took me back. Can oh we, my gosh, what? Toad Loke was the voice of Sea Bear. Yeah, Sea Bear and Jamal. That is where I heard his voice before. That was driving me crazy. I was like, I know this guy's voice. He was Sea Bear. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about the music in this movie for a second? Please do. Please do. Can we just say that the soundtrack for this movie, not 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 the orchestral stuff. I'm not I'm not super into that stuff, but not the like, score. Like like the licensed soundtrack for this movie was mm-hmm. fire. <laughs> fire like especially the opening track for this movie i don't know who that was i don't know who that was what's that yeah he made a joke he's like i want to tell you guys no van halen before coffee in the morning the boy's like well we've already had our coffee (laughs) i don't think that was van halen it didn't sound like van halen or any van halen song i'm familiar with um but if you want to talk about van halen there's a piano there's a piano riff that they use throughout this movie Mm -hmm. that straight up rips off right now the intro to right now by van halen every time it started coming on i'm expecting it, the piano the, the after it gets done with the tinkles to come in and apparently ernie reyes jr is a fan of the oldies because we got some barbara ann going in there that was a funny moment. <laughs> I love that. That was the, that was the song I was telling you guys that we sang. The mayor and I would sing that song, and like even when I when I got to the point where I realized this is an old song, and I heard it on the oldie station. The mayor and I went back to Surf Ninjas because that was like <laughs> that's what we associate Bob Ram to. Okay, yeah. I, I need to say, and this is, this is the band geek in me, but at the end of the movie, when the Bob Ram is singing mm-hmm. that with the other ones, and they got the band behind them, yeah. I wanted to rip my skin off because I'm watching the. I wanted. I was watching the the people the the actual people the musicians playing the instruments. Oh, it's all. And they weren't playing right, and it was driving me up the wall. Like there's a part where you could hear the drums do a fill down the toms, and the drum the drummer was still on the hi hat and snare, and I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not what just happened. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, we were mentioning earlier about the the choreography of the fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wasn't that impressed by it at first because 
Ernie Reyes Jr. was pretending to be a guy who didn't know martial arts, right? But was doing tricks, obviously because he did, and and I guess it was one of those not able to separate the art from the artist. I know what he's capable of, right? I know that he is a skilled martial artist. Mm-hmm. So to see him freak out and dodge and duck and roll over and barely miss getting swung by a sword, I was like, "Come on, dude! I know you're better than that." So it was actually <laughs> a relief at the part where he gets the samurai sword and the, you know, he gets and he goes to town. Yeah, and, and he he finally lets loose. And I'm like, okay, now I can appreciate this movie. Can Unfortunately, I... that was also when I fell asleep, so I didn't actually get to see any of the fighting. You missed can, the but the big fight. Then can I blow I your mind here a little bit? and make Go and, to, and change your perspective okay do you know how much skill it takes to be able to dodge those near misses that oh close? yeah absolutely absolutely i know i know that you have to know what you're doing to know how to mess it up right mm-hmm. i 100 get that but the narrative of the story was he's just really accidentally missing everything or because his brother's playing the the video game the right way that's what saves him and and again it was because it's because I am so connected with him as, as, um, shoot, I can't remember his name now in Ninja Turtles, Tito, Reno, 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 Tito uh, was a Jackson. Kino, Kino, no, it was Kino. Yeah, Kino. That's right. Kino. Tito, Tito is uh, pizza rolls. No, right. it's Tostitos. To- <laughs> Tostinos. One of them's a, a, the brother of Michael Jackson. Right. Oh, so, right. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> play. <laughs> Seeing him play Kino, who can hold his own alongside the Ninja Turtles, and then to see him in this movie where he's a beach bum to start with, all he ever wants to do is surf. He's kind of a goofy guy, and then when he gets in a fight with ninjas, he acts like he doesn't know what he's doing. It it was a little bit of a letdown for me, but again, I was walking into this movie with very preconceived ideas of what he was capable of, and I I I really think all in all, the fact that I saw this so late in my life is right. is, is a disservice to what the movie actually is. I give you that, but to be fair, Branson, that's the basically the exact same character he plays in Ninja Turtles, except for in Ninja Turtles, he is good at fighting. Instead right. of being a beach yeah. bum, he's a you know a kind of a a uh, a valley kid living in the Bronx for some reason. Yeah, but but he's more motivated, like the first time you meet him, he sees a bunch of guys robbing the mall and he acts, he like gets up and does something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets in an argument with splinter because he wants to go help the turtles fight. And splinter's like, no, you need to stay here. He, uh, you know, when Raphael goes off the reservation and does his own plan, he gets Kino to help him. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, he's kind of like, a, Oh, I just want to surf and sing Barbara Ann and not get cut by a sword. Until he actually like awakens the power within or whatever, and, and so I, I guess once again it, it's hard for it was hard for me to separate the art from the artist and, and see him as a character other than what he had played in previous movies. Mm-hmm. I get that. As long as we're back on the Ernie Reyes Jr. fan cast, <laughs> um, he's the star of this show. Can, Let, let's can just we, admit it. Can can we say? Can I just point out? homeboy was yoked man like oh ripped. my yoked like bodybuilder <laughs> bodybuilder level yoked like omg dude 
Yeah. He he was like he's like you could tell that he was like, hey, I went to this scene without a shirt, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know that's the reason why he had his shirt on for and was in the wetsuit for all the surfing scenes is because they had to make him seem a lot more diminutive mm-hmm. before he had the power of the ancestors. Right. Um, yeah. Because if he would have come out in the front in the front end of this movie looking like Asian He Man or or Korean <laughs> Jesus. Um, have you seen that picture by the way? I have, I have where Jesus on the cross and he's got like biceps on his biceps. Homeboy's got like a, like a 72 pack instead of a six pack. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, I I saw that and like, oh my gosh, no wonder the girls, no wonder the girl wanted to keep dating him after she said she didn't want to get married. (laughs) Let's talk about Leslie Nielsen for a second. Yeah. Like I that dude, like no matter what role he plays, he plays the same character in every movie after Airplane. But he yes. does it so <laughs> well. Like he is the classic <laughs> case of find something you do and do it something that you do well and do it better than anybody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When he's threatening his henchman with the turkey cutter. <laughs> that he sharpens on like the axe grinder <laughs> he's gonna like threatening to cut the guy or but. or when he gets his face stepped on an elephant like that's literally <laughs> yeah. that's literally a scene from the end of the naked gun oh, when, that guy, when that guy gets launched out of that baseball stadium and then like there's like the parade of people that walk across him and then there's the steamroller that goes over the top of him and then there's the <laughs> just the constant like there there, there was a lot of nods to, there's a lot of nods to the to those old spoof movies that he did throughout this movie yeah. <laughs> and i i'm aware that he was like legitimately trying to be scary and menacing but all i could see was frank drebin trying to be the terminator in this movie (laughs) although i I have to say when tom cruise when i found out tom cruise was starring in the last samurai Mm -hmm. i I had a quiet joke with some of my friends that yeah the last samurai is some white dude but i now see that that was not an original idea The concept of a white samurai did in fact start in the nineties. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They did say he was a foreign invader. So I mean, they, you know, and what's, what's more like a Southern or a foreign invader than, you know, cultural appropriation. Right. And I'm going to invade what, a, why a they fictional decided, Asian country. Why they decided to dress him up in the samurai armor and give him an Asian name of General Chi, I'll never understand. But, you know, they did say he was a foreign invader. So I'm like, okay, I can kind of get that. Now, I, when, I, did, when did Street Fighter come out? 94. So it was after this movie. Yes. Okay, because I was wondering because there we we when we watched Street Fighter, oh. we talked about how there was a there was a guy who was supposed to be playing like a Korean guy or something, but he was Native American. Yeah, it was the guy. It was the guy who played. Uh, it was the guy who played uh, Sagat. None of the characters in Street Fighter were played by people with the nationality that they were supposed to be. Right. Even the white characters were not played by people with the right nationality. The guy. The guy who played. <laughs> The guy who played Sagat was played by the guy who played Magua in yeah. Last of the Mohicans. Right. Um, 
but I'm, I'm, I'm a, oh, you just made me lose my train of thought. Oh yeah. I had a thought. No, it's fine. Cause I was, I was actually had the thought while you were talking where you didn't, where you done with your thought, your yeah, point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just had a thought when you brought it up. I know who could have done general Chi so much better. Please and do his, not say Jeff Goldblum. No. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Please. I well, don't want to go I ha- there again. I, ha- I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> stop. And stop. No. Now stop. hear me out. Hear me out. No, 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 please. Stop. I'm away from the phone. Leave a message after the beep. And uh, now listen, listen, listen. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. And okay. Oh, did you find the boys? You found you found both the princes. The, not not just the one, but the one and two. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Let's kill them both. Why didn't you shoot me kill out of the both. airlock? You brought it up, dude. I forgot about that gag. <laughs> I regret it. <laughs> I regret it so much. This is now our question the ge- of the week: Is what character could Jeff Goldblum play in Surf Ninjas? Let us know, viewers. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm your Scottish, I'm your Scottish uncle and you get get out here now before I beat you with this leg that no longer works. And, uh, I'm 37 years old, 37, not 38, but 37. And, uh, please stop. Uh, no, no, but where, where I was going was, uh, I, I, who could have done general Chi and it would have made the perfect trifecta. Ral Julia. Yes. Help me out. Ral Julia is he played, he played he played M Bison in Street Fighter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel bad that I forgot his name now. And <laughs> yeah. Because and he would have been more menacing than Leslie Nielsen and a lot more believable as a villain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I kept getting Bison vibes. Like I don't know if it was just the look of him or Maybe it was the setting or what, but I, it was I, I everything. Was like, this, this movie did everything that street fighter was trying. Like now that I know that street fighter was made after this movie, I mm-hmm. 100% believe that street fighter cribbed from this movie. Like so much. Yeah. All they did was add cocaine and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. I think I've hit all my notes here. I've hit all mine. I want to point this out, though. Off mic, when we were prepping for this show, guys, uh, the guys made a comment saying this will be a really short episode, and we're almost an hour in <laughs> talking about <laughs> a movie that at the top of the hour, Brent is like, oh, okay. And now he's <laughs> like, his cheeks are hurting from laughing this entire time. You know, oh. that and the fact that I, I, because we all grew up in the time frame we did, I, to a certain degree, we're all Ernie Reyes Jr. fanboys. Yes. I mean, let's, yeah. Can we, can we just come out and say that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think I think that's what's turning the tide for me here is that we focus on Ernie Reyes Jr. more so than the movie itself, but just the fact that he was in it. And mm. I will also say, like, I I typically despise children actors because mm-hmm. they don't have the life experience to be able to mimic genuine human emotion very well and this isn't me just sucking up to the guy because he commented on on (laughs) our posts but i legitimately think that and i I apologize sir i i don't know your name off the top of my head nick cohen nick cohen nick cohen if you're out there i still think you did a great job in this movie and that's coming from me who 
does not like child actors very much at all. I was ruined at an early age from the kid who did Problem Child. And, <laughs> and problem so, a problem for you. <laughs> watch the movie and get back to me. Oh, no, I've and, seen it. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, <laughs> but even, even he did a, a pretty decent job in in yeah. in the movie so i think I that, that part that. of that is because the the script was written so well for a kid to play i agree it, they have that right yeah. attitude especially the the attitude that time frame mm-hmm. the the valley surfer mindset he did a great job of expressing all that but at the same time that was such a natural thing i think they set him up for such a great win i hate they didn't continue on to do acting now that being said i looked through his instagram the dudes are like very talented artist. Mm. Like uh, he, he found his calling in, in doing art. Um, but I thought his character was fun. I saw, I loved like the, like the quips that he had throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of things. <laughs> the yeah, part but- where he's like, I see you leading a whole army into battle. Really? <laughs> Victoria's really. Oh my gosh. You're wearing a dress. <laughs> <laughs> Psych. Psych. (laughs) (laughs) That that was the nineties coming out. Man, I was talking with some teenagers today and I almost pulled out the word psych just because of this movie. And I was like, nobody'd understand what I'm saying. (laughs) It's like uh, psychology? What? Uh, Do you need a psychiatrist? Oh gosh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I think we've hit the, the end of the road. We're an hour into the podcast. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's give our ratings. Mr. John Haru, can you define our rating system for us today? Okay, so here on the bottom shelf, we have a four-tier rating system. Uh, we start out with the top shelf, and the top shelf is a movie that I need to own this movie. I need to buy it. It needs to be part of my collection, and I want to watch it whenever I feel like uh second tier is the middle shelf which is like eh, i'll watch this movie again maybe if it's streaming or if it's on tv or something maybe maybe uh i'll watch it if it's streaming or uh perhaps now hear me out hear me out if it's on tv i might perhaps watch it and put it on and uh maybe i won't but you know what it's not terrible and maybe some of my friends might like it if i watch it it's really terrible watch it with them it's really terrible um and then there's the bottom shelf the bottom shelf no the bottom shelf is kind of like a litter shelf it's where you put the bad things it's uh i probably won't watch this again but you know maybe there's somebody out there who uh doesn't like it the bad reviews are probably uh how do you say it uh let me think here well deserved uh i won't watch it again but maybe somebody else will and uh then there's the dumpster fire the dumpster fire is total chaos the chaos theory hmm. let's think about that <laughs> Uh, I will actively try to keep people from watching, not from watching this movie. In fact, I will create a dumpster that's full of fire uh, to possibly erase it from existence. Um, think a little bit more. Think a little bit more. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, I don't believe that any of our movies have actually made it to the dumpster fire, or at least not to my recollection. All right. Did you have fun with that? Did, did, did that scratch that itch, John? <laughs> Sir, that is an unscratchable itch. It's like between my shoulder blades and my mind. It's, I'm going to keep scratching that for as long as I live, probably. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Thank you Oles. so much for reminding me of that, Branson. <laughs> sure. The things you do to yourself, Branson. I know, I know. All right. Well, I think uh, Branson should be last based off of my prediction. <laughs> 
Just well, well, Jeff. I mean, John, can you go ahead and uh, give us your rating for this film? Ah, a rating. Um, let's see here. Uh, there was this movie that I watched, and it was called. No, I'm not going to do that like that because I'm. <laughs> Uh, so this movie, um, you got to watch it in the context of what it is. It, it, mm. you're, you're not watching, you're not watching Sophie's choice. You're not watching, uh, you know, you're not watching far and away. This isn't, this movie wasn't designed to be a life altering cinematic experience. If you want, if you go in watching it, expecting a, a Kung Fu oriented family movie from the nineties, and you don't expect more than that, you're going to have a really good time with this movie. I had a fantastic time with this movie. And let's face it, Ernie Reyes Jr. is like movie bacon. He just makes whatever he's in better. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've really veiled my opinions on this movie throughout this whole podcast. So nobody's going to be shocked when I say this is the top shelf to the point where I was legitimately trying to think, where I was legitimately planning on next time I get paid, I'm going to buy this movie uh, to add it to my collection. So even to follow the rating system here, I need to buy this movie. So uh, what about you, Dallas? How did you feel about this movie? I'm I'm very similar about you have to keep this in the context of when this was made, why it was made. And I feel like every film you visit needs to have that in the mindset. Um, and so looking at the film, looking at our conversation, again, at the top of the hour, we're joking about, ah, this will be a quick episode. We'll be a bit, bit, in and out. But we laughed so much. We talked so much. We quoted so many lines. And then you add, heap on to the, the nostalgias that I have for this film of watching this with my sister. And Ernie about Reyes Jr. Huh? And Ernie Reyes Jr. Reyes <laughs> Jr. But like just all that stuff heaped together, it's such an enjoyable experience for me. Celeste watched it for the very first time with me. And she laughed all the way through the film too because it's just fun. And it's something that there is a magic to this film that we are missing in modern cinema that I wish we had. Um, I am putting this on the top shelf. I want to go out and buy another copy, not just to um, replace the one that I, I'm borrowing from my sister, which is still in the Hollywood video box, but uh, because I want to have it for myself and to you know support the fact this is the kind of cinema that we're missing, something fun, lighthearted, that everyone can just watch and enjoy. It doesn't have to be a big brain thinking type of thing. I don't need to walk out of the theater feeling bad for myself or crying, just laughing. And enjoying it and going out, that was a good time. So, top shelf for me, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Mr. Boykin. Well, now that I know my opinion officially doesn't matter at all, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is how John felt about the Phantom. <clears throat> uh, like I said before, I think my perspective of the film was hurt because I watched it as an adult several years after the fact, as opposed to watching it as a kid alongside all the other martial arts movies. Uh, I remember as a kid, I, I don't remember exactly why I never got around to seeing this movie. I, I think it was just circumstances. I just was never at the right place at the right time, but I saw all the others. I saw sidekicks. I saw three ninjas. I saw the three ninjas sequels. I saw Ninja Turtles. I saw Karate Kid. Uh, I saw all those movies. So I guess it's kind of a fluke. I never saw this one. Mm -hmm. 
walking into this show, I was, I was going to be at a bottom shelf because I was like, okay, I, you know, I fell asleep. I missed the big fight and I woke up not feeling like I really missed a lot. Um, you know, so I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be a bottom shelf for me. But as we reflected on the things <laughs> that I did like about the movie <laughs> and Dallas to the point you made about, we just don't have movies like this anymore. Like if I were to sit down and watch this with my boys, I think they would love this movie Yeah, because it is so silly. Mm-hmm. And because it is clean, like genuinely, there wasn't any crap in this film. It was clean humor. Now, it might not be the kind of humor that everyone appreciates, but like if I sat down and watched this with my boys, they would laugh. They would think it was funny. And I think sitting there watching it with them, I would also laugh if for no other reason than I would enjoy seeing them enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed talking about it with y'all. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed the the deep dive of Ernie Reyes Jr. and all the movies that he's been in. I've enjoyed talking about Leslie Nielsen as this comedic villain. Uh, Rob Schneider being, in my opinion, the funniest part of this film. The funniest he's ever been in his career. P- possibly that, that even, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm still not at the place where I would want to go out and buy it. But if I were with the right people and the right setting and the right mindset, I think I could sit down, watch this movie again and actually enjoy it. So originally I was going to do a bottom shelf, but I think I'm going to give it a middle shelf with an asterisk in that it's got to be with the right people in the right setting. But with the right people in the right setting, I think I would sit down and watch this again. So I'm going to give it a middle shelf. I called it. You called it. You called it, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, as I mean, you heard it from the horses' mouths themselves. Uh, we have a slightly disputed top shelf film. This is two weeks in a row, guys. Two in a or row. Two months in a row. Yes. What is happening? Go. That this is the power of the guilty pleasure movies, guys. <laughs> uh I'm excited about it. Um <laughs> All right, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go off to the next section of the podcast, but what do we want to hear from you guys? Have you seen the movie? Do you love the movie? Do you hate the movie? Let us know. Reach out to us on our Facebook page and our Instagram. Just look for the bottom shelf. And uh, if you guys have any connections to anybody who was in this film, send this to them and let them know that we are so thankful for them (laughs) because we enjoyed not just watching it, but talking about it. And we appreciate the, the joy that this brought us today. So that being said, to the next section. This is a weak connection. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Week Connections portion of the podcast. This is where we are uh, openly robbing from our good friends over at Strangers and Aliens, uh, a segment called Week Connections, where we pull out some sort of spiritual truth out of the film to bring encouragement, hope, and life to individuals. And uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a look at a top shelf film. Ladies and gentlemen, a surfing top shelf film, uh, Surf Ninjas. Mr. Haru, 
Do you got something for us today, brother? I do. And I never go first. See, everybody, right. I want you to know that is the power of Ernie Reyes Jr. Is he, can, <laughs> he can make me give my weak connection before Dallas, which <laughs> never happens. So Ernie Reyes, if you're out there listening, just know you are a miracle worker, sir. So that being said, uh, my weak connection comes from Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 5. Hmm. Uh, which is blessed be the blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, places even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Christ Jesus according to the purpose of his will. Mm. Uh, specifically, I wanted to stick it to that whole uh, adopted into a royal lineage. Uh, that being uh, inspired by one of the themes in this movie that the two main characters, two of the three main characters are actually royal. Now they were adopted out of a royal family, but they were being re reconciled back into the royal line. Uh, mm. Very similar how through Christ God has is adopting us into the royal line. Um, and I want to offer that as hope to people out there that through Christ, you are of a royal blood. You, yeah. We are a royal priesthood. And, you know, whenever life smacks you down, whenever stuff's not going your way, like this year has been a crummy year for me. But you know what? I'm a part of a royal priesthood. And, you know, God has a plan. And even when it's all said and done, no one can take that away from me. You know, God chose me, you know, yeah, there's other people out there, but through Christ, God chose me. And so I, I want that to be an encouragement for you out Amen. there. If you're, if you're going through hard times, if it seems like the whole world is stacked against you, just keep, just remind yourself, you've been adopted into a Royal line. God yeah. chose you. Word. It wasn't an accident. He chose you. So good. So my my weak connection actually it, it kind of is very similar along the same vein of what you're doing over there, John. Uh, I'm coming out of Philippians chapter uh, four, starting in verse ten. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked an opportunity to act. Not that I speak from from need. Uh, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In that last verse, it's often taken out of context and it's put on kinds of t-shirts and stuff like that, but people think about the context of that. In the context, um, the, the writer of the Philippians, uh, he's saying, he's like, look, I've been through terrible things and I've learned that I can go through hard things and I can go through good things and my peace is not found in the substances of the world. It's found in Christ. 
Amen. I can make it through these hard things because of my confidence in Christ, of who he is in my life, because of my relationship with the Father. These young men had found newfound confidence when they discovered this innate ability that was inside of them, something that was given to them via their DNA strands of their relationship uh, that they had. And uh, you see a change. We saw Branson talked about it greatly, how, you know, Reyes, he was, you know, he kind of acted all chill. He's like, he can't fight or do anything like that. But also when there was this revelation of what he really was, things changed for him. When we have a revelation of our identity in Christ and who we are, we can go through hard things and we can be okay. It doesn't mean we don't go through hard things. There's this terrible misconception. I feel like we've talked about it on the show several times that, you know, if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, everything should be fine. No, life sucks. We live in a broken world. But we can make it through that because of the Christ in us. That's what that verse means. It means that we may go through crummy times, but we can make it through because we are part of that royal priesthood that you talked about, John. And so that's my weak connection. Amen. Branson, you got any thoughts, my brother? Uh, honestly, I had a couple of thoughts bouncing around in there, but they were beautifully summed up by the two of you. So <laughs> can I just say ditto? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, that, that was a different movie. That was from Ghost. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies Team and gentlemen, Rocket is blasting off again. <laughs> was Reyes in that movie too? I, would you believe I've never actually seen any of the Pokemon movies or I believe or it. cartoons? That, that's not that hard to believe. I didn't see any of them until recently when my kids got into it. But now I could sing that theme song, buddy. I knew that theme song backwards and forwards. I not only watched the show, but I cried when Ash got rid of Pikachu for a little bit. I was invested in Pokemon as a child. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're shocked by that revelation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, this has been the show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've been encouraged by it. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, you know where to find us. We have all the stuff at the bottom. Uh, John's got a, a link tree with 6,000 things he's involved with. Branson's part of of geek devotions and uh you can find me at geekdevotions.com but for reals we want to hear you guys interact with us but do us a favor because this is a conversation uh, that we've had in the podcast realm um reviews are great not necessary if you want to help support the show share a link share your favorite episode tell people about the bottom shelf tell them if you disagree with us that's fine. Somebody might agree with us. <laughs> I also I also want to go out there and uh, encourage people to you know, communicate with us. Talk yeah. to us. On, mm-hmm. Send send the bottom shelf a message on the face space. We have had so many interesting conversations with people who just shoot us a message. It, it can be about the movies. It can be about the weak connections. It can be about anything. But just to mm-hmm. know that there are people who are out there who are listening who are affected one way or another by the podcast yeah. that encourages mm. us so much. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and we love to hear from you guys. So. Absolutely. Amen. Well, as gentlemen, until next time, stay devoted. Peace and, Peace love. and love.